If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. From coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online. With Bill Alexander. Laugh and learn while you listen to a brilliant display of radio. Online. Online. With Bill Alexander. Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here at italknet.com and also at tghtalkradio.com. Hope everything's going fine for you this day. So today we have an author on the program. Let me just say, when I read the book, <laughs> the first line in the book just blew me away. And, and let me get this started for you so you can uh, hear where I'm going with this. So here we are, the first page. It is a picture of a woman who looks pregnant. And the title of the chapter is WTF, I'm Pregnant. And this is a quote from Kristen, a mother of two. I'm going to be a good mom. What the fuck do they know? They don't know me. You know, whenever you see that word coming right out of the uh, out of the shoot, no pun intended, that it's going to be a good book. On the phone with me right now, we have Jenny True. Jenny, how you doing? I'm great. It's so nice of you to have me on your show. Thank you so much. Well, I'm so glad you could be here. So my other question for you is, can I just call you mom through the whole thing? I don't have to use your name. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you should mention that. <laughs> um, I would prefer that you call me Jenny True, but you will know that once you become a mom, you don't have a name anymore. You're just mom. <laughs> Um, I, I was getting a real kick out of this, uh, like I said, when I was reading it. And I'm a father of three. My oldest one just turned 21. Oh. My middle one. Oh, is congratulations. Turning, thank you. My middle one's turning 17. And my youngest is my daughter. She is turning 14 soon. But the best part is, I think it's funny because when I tell anybody that my son turned 21, everybody tells me congratulations. I don't know if that's because oh. I made it without... Uh, killing myself or without hurting him in any physical way, because trust me, 21 years is difficult. Oh my God. That's a really good point. I have no idea why I just said congratulations but to you. I don't know what that means. You it's, are not the first it, one to say that to me. That's the best part. Wow. 
oh my god, I'm going to have to think through that. I, fuck these societal norms. I'm, like, I'm brainwashed by them too. It's an arbitrary number, isn't it? Yes. What is it? It's like you're you you're kind of officially an adult with your eight when you're 18, but right. 21 is like the drinking age. Yes. But other than that, I can't really think of what the importance is. Well, my son's birthday was actually last Saturday, but because of his busy work schedule, we haven't had a chance to celebrate his birthday. So my wife and I went out and bought a lot of alcohol. Now, that may not be good parents on my end, but dad gets to drink this weekend and he's really looking forward to it. Oh, because as you know, he hasn't had a drink before no, now. Not he's going to be so happy with this. <laughs> With Not this at new experience all. that yes. he's never had. It's pretty bad when I go out and buy alcohol and I know what he drinks already and he hasn't drank it yet. Yeah, uh-huh. But, oh, my God. But anyhow, what we're talking about here is we're talking about your new book that was just released on Tuesday um, called You Look Tired, an Extrusionary Oddest Guide to New Parenthood by... Jenny True. Let me just say something, Jenny. This book is hilarious. Now, I don't know if you intended it to be funny, but trust me, when you can relate to it, it's funny. I I really appreciate that. I did mean for it to be funny, but it's also kind of funny how just like straight up rage uh, phrase the way that we think and we talk can be funny. Um, But 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 thank you for that. I th- there are a couple of jokes in there. Um, Just a few, right? <laughs> I'm I'm glad I made you laugh. <laughs> well, it, it it's interesting for a guy reading a book that's meant for a woman to read. That that even gives you a different perspective. Oh well, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. And it's fun. so so you were making a joke at the beginning because in the book I have a whole section about how once you have actually well once you become pregnant but certainly once you're a new parent people call you mom right the the midwives in the hospital or the doctors in the hospital call you mom and i have a whole section about how yeah i have a fucking name like i'm (laughs) i'm I'm proud to be a parent yes (laughs) but also like i'm jenny i'm not i'm an individual i'm not one of the sea of new parents you know learn learn my name it's definitely on a chart that is probably within reach um but as far as this being a Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And it's not a difficult name to remember either. I, I there's a lot of people who were born in the late seventies <laughs> named Jenny. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like the name that you reach for if you're not sure. Like you could just guess, and it okay. might it might be Jenny. Um, but no, but but you were saying that it's not for you, and it it is true that I am writing mostly for female identifying people and okay. uh, pregnant people. But the reason I'm glad you asked that is because part of the process of writing this book um, was being mindful about the diversity of people who uh, get pregnant and who have kids. So I don't know if you notice, but the word mom and mother are only used a couple of times in the book. I kind of take pains to use the phrase pregnant person over, for example, pregnant woman or new parent because there are so there are so many of us there are non-binary folks mm-hmm. there are trans dads and for me you know i love my kids and in some ways i love being a parent 
um, but that, you know, the word, like, I wrote, like, I'm mommy and I'm mama, but that word always, it throws me off a little bit because um, I don't, I don't, I feel like there's this, um, this, there's this, like, cultural understanding of what mother is. Okay. And I don't all, I don't really connect to that. I, I don't know if this, it's the same as with you, with, um, with, I don't know, the words that are sort of expected of you, like father or dad. Um, I mean, they're not, they're not bad words, but, um, but I'm just, I'm glad you brought, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, what I think is interesting, and of course, for those of you that aren't prepared, Sunday is Mother's Day. And um, it, yes, was, it, is. it was just kind of convenient that this was going to happen before then. But I, I got a kick out of the book because men look at pregnancy different than women, especially first and second time fathers. And I'll explain that in just a minute. But how old is your son? He's three and a half, He's three and my and stepdaughter's half. eleven. Okay, yeah. Now, the the story that you tell about having your son is hilarious because I was on the other end of that again, being a father of three, and <laughs> this is in this is on page seven of the book, and I love this. Jenny's true reasons not to get pregnant. It's really uncomfortable for a long time. No one will help you. Reasons to get pregnant. Baby, pregnancy, sex. (laughs) Let me just say with the first one, I was a bit uncomfortable. The second one, I know what you mean. (laughs) I was just happy to break it down for people. It's not a very long list for either one. But again, and the other thing, I never thought of this either, but it makes sense. Um, why not just tell people that when you get pregnant, more blood goes to your genital area, making everything more sensitive? I couldn't understand mm. why my wife was so amorous. But now reading this, <laughs> I'm going, that makes a lot of sense. But I figured that oh out God. with the second one. So you didn't you didn't talk about it? Well, we but did. You, but you noticed, like. Well, yeah. But but we did. I did notice it. But again, first one, a little bit uncomfortable talking about it. Don't want to really Aww. push it because I'm enjoying what I'm receiving. And I don't want to say anything to get me in trouble. <laughs> so I'm just going to let it go and go from there. Now, I was 31 when my oldest was born. My wife was 29. Okay. So mm-hmm. again, it was just how do you how do you talk to someone like this and finding out and for you guys out there that are first time father, fathers that doctors actually recommend having sex just before the due date. Because it is, I guess, it's a proven fact that the, uh, the the sperm is actually a way to promote labor. And when I found yeah, that out, you know, I was exhausted on the first two. <laughs> she was probably like, you, over there, yes. I need this baby out. Yes. Put it in me, take it out. It's yes. the same way. Um, I No, I, I love that you brought that up. Um, because... It, this is one of those things that nobody really tells you, and it's not really um, logical in a way, 
we have, you know, we do a lot of things because of biological imperatives. Sex is definitely one of them. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense that when you're already pregnant, you would want to have a lot more sex. And it definitely is not this way for everyone. And right. that's, I mean, that's part, that's part of the point of the book is there are a diversity of experiences. And there's just a whole lot to know depending on your experience. But that was one for me where during my – let me think for a second. I know it was during the second trimester – that I was like ready to go, but it probably was in the first trimester when I mentioned in the book that I was, you know, taking a shower mm -hmm. with this um, shower head <laughs> and I would like wash my privates and I was like, Oh God, like, like it was uncomfortable. It was just hugely sensitive. Well, and I let was me like, just tell you, that's, a really, pregnancy. that's really an uncomfortable image right now that I have of you doing that. Just to let you know. <laughs> And now, and now lots and lots of people have that image also. <laughs> and the more people who buy the book, the more they're going to yes. have that image. But I hope that somebody reads it and is like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, it's something that is happening to your body, but nobody tells, tells you that that's going to happen. And there is this sweet spot in pregnancy where it's mostly the second trimester if you don't have, have hyper MS gravidum, which is extreme vomiting. I mean, that's the other end of the right. spectrum. Where you might be getting it on with your partner way more than you ever had before because it's freaking amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the baby and it just all goes to shit. Well, yeah. Now, think of three kids. It just goes from there. But you, you oh. don't use your husband's name in the book. You call him Strong Jawline. And you call the baby gargantuan baby, which I think I know why you're calling it gargantuan baby because of the labor that you were developing uh, or having and going through, which he must have felt much larger than he actually was. I wouldn't know that, however. Um, that's right. I call my partner, whose name is Shane. I call him SJ or Strong Jawline, but it's mostly because. I'm a huge jerk that when I first met him um, and I was blogging about him and this was five years ago, I thought, well, I'm going to give him a nickname. So, you know, cause who knows, maybe one day I'll publish a book right. and I, you know, all of these private things that I'm sharing about us is actually going to be public. So I picked strong jawline, but it's a totally rude joke because he doesn't have a strong jawline. <laughs> so what would happen at the beginning is that my friends would meet my new boyfriend and kind of like look like look at him a little bit and Shane would be like yeah I don't have a strong jawline and they would be like why does she call you a strong jawline and he would be like because she's kind of a jerk like it's, it's a joke um, and then Gargantia baby is um, he's just a really big kid yeah so you know he's he's three T he's in five B or five T I mean he's just one of these big american babies and um, continues to be i saw the video that was posted the other day of you chasing him like you were doing an interview with him as he was running away from you i guess you were in a <gasps> it is hilarious yeah oh thank you <laughs> oh my god something i didn't say in that video what i was so proud of myself my partner and i just started um vaping um just started discovered cannabis oh. um so we and there you can oh my god this is like a whole other thing that interests <laughs> me because i'm not 
I'm like not a weed smoker at all. And I'm just like <laughs> a dork because I'm in my 40s and I'm like, have you heard of cannabis? And everybody else in the world is like, yeah, it's been around for a minute. Um, but we had we had taken a, um, a vape pen and vaped a little bit of CBD oil, which okay. is mostly relaxing. It doesn't yes. get you high, but I was a little bit giggly and ready to make fun of my kids. So there was there was a little bit of that going on. I, but I was can, proud of myself. I was really worried, though, because he was running towards the road, and I was really hoping you were going to get him before he got there. But everything's oh all God. good. You were, you were the first person to mention that. No, I don't know why anybody else didn't mention that, yeah. because I was totally aware of it. Like, I caught him before, like, way before he got to the gate. But I was like, did anybody else catch the fact that he was going for the road? <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, been there, done that. Uh <laughs> So, okay, so I have a question for you since you're now doing, and, and this is totally off the subject of the book, but yet related in some way. If you're doing mm-hmm. CBD oil right now, do you think doing that prior to labor would actually help? Oh, my God. Well, so he, this this is one of those things where I have to be responsible and say to anybody listening <laughs> that you, ha- you have to have a conversation with your physician And for people who are much more in the know about that before doing anything when you're, when you're pregnant, um, I will say, and I, you know, and I, I didn't because I hadn't really discovered it. Um, but I, and the thing is, um, there, um, there are a whole lot of, um, cannabis products that don't contain THC, um, including some that are, uh, topical, so there are so many healing properties in this plant. I'm such a convert. It's only been like four weeks, and I oh, can't wow. stop talking about it. I wrote a blog post about it. I wrote a column about it for Romper. I'm the, their pregnancy and parenting columnist. And I, I have had hardcore anxiety for probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. Finally got on like medication for that a couple of years ago after trying like 10 years of therapy. I have worked on myself. And this is just something else that really in very moderate amounts for me helps. So, but that's the thing is, I don't know if I can responsibly advise that for pregnant people, but I can recommend a book. Okay. I don't have it right in front of me, but it's called Weed Mom and it's by Danielle Simone Brand. Uh, Really easy to remember, Weed Mom. And this book, uh, The Canna Curious Woman's Guide to Healthier Relaxation, Happier Parenting and Chilling TF out. <laughs> this is like along with my parenting books. This is my Bible about how to responsibly use cannabis. Yeah, it's a, there's a whole world out there about how to be a healthy uh, mom and how to be a healthy parent, and it's possible for a lot of people that cannabis can be a part of that. I'm I'm upset. I'm I'm much older than you are because <laughs> I think I would have enjoyed. Really? That. Yeah. Oh, you can. What state are you? Oh, you're in Pennsylvania, right? I'm in Pennsylvania. Yeah. What are your state laws on? Well, they're trying to legalize it. We do have medicinal, (laughs) and CBD oil is everywhere. So. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, try try CBD oil if you can get into a dispensary to try it. Um. You know, there's all this over the counter stuff like melatonin. I had tried that. It makes me groggy. You know, and there's others. Yeah, yeah, that that didn't work for me. Usually, but, I just um, use usually I just use bourbon, and it works well for me. But anyhow, um, 
okay, for those of you listening, we are really talking about Jenny's book, honestly, even though we've gone way off the rails here. Um, so <laughs> when you when you talk about this, it, it's kind of interesting because you put the, and I don't like using the word average, but I will in this case, the average woman's perspective. You're not writing this as a doctor or a therapist or anybody. This is just you in trying to expose what really happens during pregnancy from random people just touching you for people that move out of the way of a bathroom line and move you up front. I mean, it it's the experience that most people would probably deal with, but have never been told about. Well, that, thank you. That was, that was really the point where when I was pregnant, I, I got all the books, you know, and right. I consumed them because it was my first pregnancy and I wanted to do everything right, right. You know, so I, I read them all. They all had different versions of the same kinds of information about breastfeeding and sleep and bonding with your baby and all that bullshit about getting your body back, which right. is so much more about the outside world than about your health and happiness. Um, and then, you know, I started realizing that the experience that I was having was like only glancingly discussed in these books. But if I went online, here's the thing. If you go online, there is much more of um, an experience expression of the diversity of experiences people are having. And by that, I, I don't mean only the diversity of like side effects that you can have that aren't talked about, but the diversity of experience as far based on who you are. So disabled moms, black and brown moms, lower income moms, the experience of being pregnant is not that whitewashed view that we get either directly or indirectly from these books. So my idea was I'm going to write an advice book that is um, set up that way, but it doesn't have anything in there about um, breastfeeding, but it will have something in there about postpartum fashion and what a shit show <laughs> that is. Um, and there's not going to be anything in there about trying to sleep, uh, but there is going to be chapters uh, or there are going to be chapters in there about how once you are pregnant and then once you're postpartum and, and, and and then later on, there are there are a million ways for the universe to tell you right. that you're doing everything wrong, and put them together in a book. Well, there there, there is there is one thing that you do talk about breastfeeding when you mention mm -hmm. yours and the tortilla. I mean, it it it, it like it just it, another image I well, can't get out of my head. Well, for anybody who doesn't know what you're talking about, I have. One of my boobs is shaped like a triangle, and it always has been, and it has always been a, a bane to me. I, you know, one one thing that well, I want I want to promote body positivity, but I am aware that one of my breasts is shaped, shaped like a triangle, and I thought that when I got pregnant, that it would round things out because my boobs did get bigger. I, for the first time in my life, I bought a really nice bra my boobs went up like one or two sizes and I could when I put my when I had this bra on and I put my chin down I could feel my boobs under my chin and I had side boob I was so <laughs> proud of myself except 
the boob that's shaped like a triangle did not get more full. It was just a bigger triangle. <laughs> I was so mad. Like, this is something that, like, just temporarily, I want a round boob. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, you also talk, and this, and this is one of the experiences I had, is that when my wife and I were expecting our first one, we did those pregnancy classes. And mm-hmm. we go to the hospital. We are the oldest couple there. As I said, I was in my early 30s. My wife was in her late 20s. And everybody else was 18 to 23. And yep. it is so uncomfortable for the older parent because we're just looking at these people getting kind of upset because it's not fair that it was easy for them, but it wasn't easy for us, so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. And you can tell that these people just, it was one night they got lucky, that's what happened, and they're pregnant. (laughs) And while we're sitting there, we're just getting angrier and angrier at the moment. But the best part is when you go into that delivery room and they said, now do what you learned in class, and you look at each other and going, huh? That was four months ago. What the heck am I supposed to remember? I forgot how to breathe. Oh, my God. I'm not surprised. Um, you know, we, we had a similar experience in that we were much older. My story is a little bit different because um, SJ and I had met pretty recently, but I was 40 when I got pregnant, and he was either 48 or 49. Okay. So when we went to those parent groups, we they were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I, I write in the book about how this thing now, you know, a generation ago, it was Lamaze. There's something for every generation. There are so many options. Now there's hypnobirthing and all of these different methods. Prenatal yoga is like the big thing. And it, it's definitely the big thing in San Francisco, California, which is where I live. Okay. And I went to one of these classes and I found out later, by the way, bless her fucking heart. This woman who teaches this class has not ever been through labor. And I, that tells you something like right away. <laughs> it would first say um, I want my money back, but okay. Right. Right. Um, they, one of the things that they told us how to, that they had us do. So first of all, you walk into this room and, you know, I, I love all that woo-woo shit. I do. I love yoga, yoga studios. And we walk in, and it's dark, and everybody else is pregnant and, you know, swaying and, like, in their yoga pants. And I'm like, this is great. I belong here. You know, take care of me. And she has to you do this, this exercise of and, – and this is apparently pretty common in these prenatal yoga classes where you squat on the balls of your feet. Mm-hmm. and you hold it for like a minute and it's one of these things that you would never think of doing like nobody like I like I squat but on my flat feet you know and then you realize once you're down there especially if you're pregnant and you have like an extra you know x number of pounds it fucking hurts <laughs> but it's one of these things that it's probably pretty safe like they don't have you do it for too long right. but it hurts and the point is to Teach yourself to breathe through pain. And I get it in theory. Like, I still get it in theory. But the problem is that it's not related. (laughs) 
Like squatting on the balls of your feet is not related to the pain of a contraction. Like when I started going through labor, I was like, oh, oh my God, like it hurts. Like people had told me their birth stories and I was like, you know, they all, they seem like they made it through. Like they're here to tell me about their stories, but it's something that you can only understand once you're going through it. Mm -hmm. That prenatal yoga, as I say in my book, is a waste of fucking time. The only time I kind of got it was a friend of mine told me that she barfed when she was giving birth. And then I was like, oh, if it's something that hurts bad enough that you throw up. And then in the back of my head, I was like, oh, this is going to (laughs) suck. But yeah, save that money for a good meal. Well, what I, and again, I'm looking at that right here and it says, I walked into the room full of pregnant people in their third trimesters. The experts, the almost theirs and instantly fell out of my league. They were fucking gorgeous, round everywhere, huge hair, pedicures, feathered earrings. I was pale and barfy and almost apologized for being there when we went around the room for introductions. And it goes, anytime they go to a meeting of pregnant people, you share your name, the single thing about you that matters, and how many weeks you are. People in the first trimester are not permitted to make eye contact with people in the third trimester. <laughs> I'm going, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But again, it, 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 is, it, it is very interesting when you put that type of spin on it because... I think everybody's been through this in some way, shape, or form. But when someone says, oh, how did it go? You over-embellish the story to make it sound wonderful. But in reality, you were uncomfortable, you didn't want to be there, and you felt out of place. So now you're giving people the justification saying, yeah, it's a waste of time. (laughs) I'm telling people that whatever you need to do to quell your nerves and your physical discomfort in the 10 months that it takes to to be pregnant, go for it. But if you are going to prenatal yoga because you have some idea that it's going to make it hurt less, then maybe try something else. I, you know, I have to say, I talked to a doula yesterday who has attended over 700 births and she said she has had some, Um, clients who had essentially pain-free births so I have I had heard this also (laughs) Um, that wasn't my experience and definitely people have different some people have really quick labors Mm -hmm. I didn't happen to have that experience Um, but I think that's you know you mentioned that you're you know the doctor said you know do what you did in class but then you get there and you're like oh Maybe if my birth were the way that I had envisioned it being, that would be useful. <laughs> but if you happen to have one that is a little bit different than you were envisioning, then maybe those skills um, aren't going to come into play. So I don't want to totally shit on pre yoga, but I, but I guess I kind of do. <laughs> yes, you do. I don't know. Um, the other thing is, too, <laughs> is when you talk about, like I said, I had th- three. The first two were vaginal. My daughter was a C-section, and I was mm-hmm. in the room for all of them. The first one, mm-hmm. and, and this, this, is, this is one of the most uncomfortable periods I've ever been. Not only was I there, but my sister-in-laws were there, too. 
my wife's sister oh, wow. and her brother's sister was there too. And I'm just sitting there on one wall. They're sitting on the other wall, just staring at me. And I'm thinking, okay, what am I supposed to do? They're sitting here looking at me like I'm supposed to be doing something. She doesn't want me anywhere near mm. her. She is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I can't give her any more ice because if I do, she's going to be an ice box when we're done and so on and so forth. But the thing that got me was is when they did the delivery and I got to cut the umbilical cord. The umbilical cord was core. It was cool. That wasn't what I was looking at because I was looking at cold. Going, I was going, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at her going, I'm never going back in there again. Because of how that just doesn't look right. Then number two, same thing. He just was a very easy delivery. And then when my daughter was born, they ran into complications, did a C-section. And Aww. my wife asked me, so how mm -hmm. did it look when they did it? I said, it looked like they were stuffing a turkey. My wife swung off and They're hit me. When, yeah, when they were doing the C-section, they pulled everything out and then pushed everything back yeah. in again. And she swung yeah. off and hit me while laying on the table. On the table? Yeah. <laughs> she says, don't oh say that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so – that. first of all, that's hilarious. And bless you for trying to make a joke. I, I, I love it. I, I love it. And, and, of course, like, you never know how somebody in that state is going to react to that. So I feel for you both. Well, uh, but I said – like... You know, I remember a friend of mine – explained what is I, my, my birth was vaginal also and I didn't know that she told until she told me that it's not like the baby's on top no I didn't realize that they mm -hmm. it, exactly what you said that they pull everything out else out first yeah. and then and then the baby yeah it's surprising sorry I was just I was just validating what you were saying but but the vaginal birth like I said after looking at what the child did to the vagina it was like I'm never going back there again I mean I'm sorry but but I know you know I went back at least two more times but anyhow uh <laughs> right <laughs> here is some well of the... it is no go ahead I'm sorry it's it's an it's an amazing thing and, and and that's the thing I'm actually I'm glad you brought that up is you know right after you have a baby uh, you know this is you're, you're probably going to fall out when I say this but I wish there was more um of a visual his, you know, something that was available so that people could see. I mean, this is how we keep the species going. Yeah. And everything about our, about women's bodies gets sexualized. Yes. And, you know, sure, we have private parts, but our bodies are absolutely incredible. And they are capable of you know, bir I mean, something that seems like absolute science fiction. So, of course, there is this, um, you know, some people even use the word trauma that happens to your bodies, and mm -hmm. it takes a long time to um, repair. And I'm deliberately not using the phrase go back to normal, because one of the things that I wish people understood is that, for the most part, it doesn't go back to normal. Yes. You know, it, it repairs, but they're, you know, going through an event like you're talking about, like having a child come out of a vagina, <laughs> um, it permanently alters your body. And the thing that is incredible is that there is this um, adoration or idealization and adoration of the uh, female body um, for giving birth, but then we're told to, you know, hide the results 
of this childbirth, which can be, you know, stitches, mm-hmm. uh, loose belly skin, abdominal separation, all these, prim- like my, what happened, the only thing that happened to me was that my coccyx, my seat bone, my, sorry, my sit bone is in a different place. So if I, if I have a whim to sit on a hardwood floor, <laughs> like cross-legged, I can't really do it for very long anymore because of childbirth. So I think that really um, having love and respect and, and embracing of the way our bodies change is going to go a long way to making people feel um, loved and respected for what we have been through and, and offered to the human race. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, and I, again, going back to that, and um, I never realized that I, I made the assumption, this is what we learned in anatomy class and biology and all this, that the vagina would open enough for the head to come out and everything goes through it. I never thought that sometimes it doesn't open up wide enough and they have to cut certain mm-hmm. areas. And I'm going, and, and again, I never, that never crossed my mind. And, and. I use this as an analogy, too. Luckily, I was standing too far away and she couldn't reach me. But I said, if you ever seen the movie Alien, where the alien comes out of the stomach, that's very similar to what it looks like. <laughs> well, you know, whoever worked on that movie uh, probably had been through childbirth. Yes. Um, yeah. But but you know what? See, you're going to we're going to get in the weeds here and you can cut me off. But that but that's also a real that's a deep issue about whether or not some of those interventions are necessary. OK. Um, and whether or not C-sections are necessary, they absolutely are. It is really incredible that there are options for births that absolutely need that. Um, but, you know, something else that I wish uh, we would all start to be brought up to speed on is, uh, you know, the, the medical Western way of giving birth in a hospital um, is, uh, is you know it's it's not it's not the only way. I guess I'll cut myself off there because I'm I'm having fun laughing with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know it's it's not the only way to give no. birth. And you know sometimes episiotomies and sometimes C-sections are you know incredibly necessary. And thank God we have them for when they are. Um, but there there definitely is a lot to learn about interventions and options to giving birth, uh, which I wish was more available to more people. Giving birth in a hospital is cheap, but any option uh, that doesn't involve, uh, you know, an OBGYN uh, is out of reach for a lot of people, especially black and brown people and lower income people. So I'm, I'm, I mentioned in the book that I was privileged enough to hire a doula. I went through and every time I mentioned my doula, I changed it to the doula that I was privileged to hire. Yes. Um, and having access to those kinds of resources can inform your, this, the safety and, and this is a word you were to use the enjoyment of your birth experience. And I think that is, something that I wish would become more a part of our culture. And there, you know, there are a lot of people who are working very hard in those spaces to um, make those kinds of services uh, available to a wider group of people. Yeah. My, my daughter actually was supposed to be a vaginal birth, but they ran in complications because mm. literally she got stuck in the birth canal. She oh, actually God. got twisted. Yeah. So, and my wife Aww. was in labor for 
13 hours and the doctor said just wait just mm. wait we know we can straighten it out and oh. there's just no way yeah but i know and that's the thing it sounds like they really tried to yeah. let her have a vaginal birth and and this is the thing it's all a guess the doctor is guessing too and the number one thing is to have a safe birth mm-hmm. And, you know, a, you know, a C-section in, for a lot of people is a way to ensure that. So I'm, I'm glad for you both that you had a safe birth. Now, this is, and I have a different perspective on some of this, too, because I have a niece who's an paternity nurse. And she's a been working. Nurse? Yeah, maternity nurse. She's been working uh, oh, for, maternity nurse. for two hospitals in the last okay. uh, five years in hearing some of the situations she's been through, it makes what we dealt mm-hmm. with a walk in the park. And oh, it I is, know. it is. And like you said, it has to do with the low income and the pre-care treatment, the prenatal vitamins and all this stuff that it's either they don't have access to it or they're not educated about how, about how beneficial those would be to have up front. Right, right. Yeah, it, um, I, you know, I can only imagine, definitely somebody who works at a hospital is going to have heard the, um, you know, the worst stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that that's the thing, when we're pregnant, <laughs> that's basically all I was thinking about. I was just thinking about death and destruction and worst case scenarios. And, you know, that's, they're, thank, you know, thank God for um, people who are who have that as their primary concern. But I think part of what I was trying to address in this book is there is so much else yes. <laughs> that can be addressed in, you know, pregnancy and the postpartum phase that it would be really great if there was a whole, um, you know, profession to sort of lead you through. Like, I, like, I just want someone to let me have a nap (laughs) you know yeah i gotcha um that was my favorite part of being with the kids is because if i could get them to sleep that meant i could rock them and i could sleep with them yeah yeah and that's just i love that i love that 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 is the thing you know the you know, that means I, that reminds me of my paternity leave, which was one of the most amazing times in my life, of course, um, where, you know, all of that, I don't know, all of that, I, that's something else that I was there, everybody had, had equal access to was paid leave from their job. Right. Um, you know, basically not having to worry about anything else, but being with your baby because, hey, newsflash, you know, kids don't sleep. Here's like yeah. a whole other section of the market that can just like go the fuck away. All these books about how you can get your baby to sleep. Maybe some of the advice works for some people all the time, but here's but babies just don't sleep. <laughs> babies babies eat every two hours at the least. Or sorry, at the at the least, at the most, I'm not even sure. But you, you but if you it- can you make a comment in the book, which I th- thought was very interesting because it was about sleeping arrangements. The child has its own room. Mm. The child doesn't have its own room. The child has its own crib. It has a day bed. It has a co-sleeper and all this stuff because everybody says something different. And yeah. everything in a lot of ways can be right, but it all depends on who the individual and the parents are and how they're able to cope with it. Oh, yeah. God, I was just reading today. Okay, um, there is this, like, super amazing 
baby bassinet that everybody knows about that is called the Snoo. And it was created by Harvey Karp, who is a total badass. I love this guy. He wrote a series of books called The Happiest Baby on the Block. And he created this smart sleeper bassinet that is this totally AI tech bassinet that, like, reads your baby's movements and breathing patterns, maybe also, and, like, rocks it back to sleep when it can tell that it's distressed. It costs $1,500. $1,500. Oh, wow. <laughs> and one thing I love about Harvey <laughs> is that you can, I can't, I can't believe I'm advertising for him. You can rent this thing. Oh, really? So, That's cool. You know, if you, if you, yeah, if you have this scratch, you can, you can rent it instead of buying it. But, um, but the only reason I bring this up is that, um, you know, every product that is advertised to us, um, you know, we're wondering like, is this, Oh crap! Like, is that something that I need? Right. Because it's 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 unbelievably expensive, and you just just overall to have a kid. And you know, I think if I if I want if I want to leave pregnant people and new parents with one thing, it's that the world around you is going to try its best to make you feel as if you are not doing enough and you're not doing things right. Mm -hmm. And U.S. culture especially is going to take a big shit on you. (laughs) There is not going to be adequate postpartum care. Um, I have a lot of hope with this new administration, but we, you know, as of now, we still do not have, you know, universal child care. They're working on it, but, you know, paid family leave for everybody in this country, everybody who lives and works in this country should be able to stay home and take care of their children and not have to choose between um, their kid and a paycheck. Um, Those sorts of things are going to contribute to making all of us feel as if we're not doing enough, but I see you. (laughs) Um, We, you know, there, like I, like I was saying before, there's a diversity of experiences, but I want anybody who can afford a $25 book um, to be to pick yeah. it up and to think to feel validated for their lived experience, um, and um, and I just want to make people laugh. And also, Bill, I have to pick my kid up from daycare. Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> it's, it's five o'clock. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have loved talking to you, uh, Jenny. I need to have you back on again because there's so much more I want to talk to you about. With this book and the other it. stuff you do, because this has been a true pleasure, and I've really enjoyed myself. And again, thank you very much. But before I let you go pick up your kid from daycare, is there anything you'd like to tell my audience? Yeah, of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> you can get my book anywhere books are sold, and I would encourage everyone to support your local bookstore go down to your local bookstore i called 86 bookstores of the 2500 there are in the u.s independent bookstores to see if they would carry my book Mm -hmm. if they don't carry it where you are for the most part uh you can order it from them because of the pandemic a lot of bookstores have set themselves up to ship nationwide Um, if you do not have it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you do not have an independent bookseller near you, you can go to bookshop.org, which donates 
uh, which gives uh, the money for the books to independent books uh, bookstores around the world. And barring that, it's also available at Target, Amazon, Walmart. God, what are the other big retailers? I think I think that that is it. Um, and then you can find out more about me at JennyTree.com. That's where I keep my blog, and you can get to my column at Romper from there. Okay. Well, Jenny, thank so, you very much. It it was Bill, a total this pleasure. This has been a true pleasure. <laughs> yes, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, and I would love to come back. Just let me know. Because the next time you come on, I want to talk to you about breastfeeding, but that's another story for another time. Oh, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Especially the stigma right, that we have in much. this society. But anyhow, Jenny, thank you very much. Oh, you have yeah. a great day, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jenny True here online with Bill Alexander. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. That was a blast. The name of the book is You Look Tired, an Excruciating Honest Guide to New Parenthood by uh, Jenny True. And uh, again, it is a great book. It retails for uh, $24 in the U.S., $30 in Canada. And uh, if you're looking for it in your bookstore, it is in the subject category of humor, marriage, and family, family and relationships, and parenting. So that's the book. Go out and get it. Um, I'll be sharing more of this. And again, we'll have Jenny back on the program again, because like I said, that was very enjoyable. But anyhow, that's going to wrap it up for yours truly, uh, Bill Alexander, for this edition of Online with Bill Alexander. You guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. This has been a Million Dollar Baby production. For more information, go to italknet.com. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. 
and every day your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.